Hi everyone, when we get to this point, sometimes it feels a little anticlimactic, at face value. The beginning of Sefer Shemais is really exciting. The Jewish people are slaves, there are plagues, they cross the sea, the sea splits, they come to Sinai, Hashem gives them the Torah, there is thunder and lightning. Very exciting. And then we get to Parashas Mishpatim, and it feels a little like my law class, which I didn't love. We talk about torts laws and negligence and civil laws and crim laws. And sometimes we might think to ourselves, um, where is the inspiration? And how does this practically relate to my life? But not only does Sefer Parashas Mishpatim inspire us on the ethics and the principles and the progressive nature of Torah. And there's really nothing to be ashamed of. That Torah is so respectful of human life. When we look a little bit deeper and scratch against the surface with the secrets of Hasidus, we learn that an ox is not just an ox and a slave is not just a slave and a pothole is not just a pothole. In this week's parasha, we are going to be talking about the first mishpat, the first statute, Kisikne Evet Ivri. When you buy a Jewish slave. Now the Rebbe asked this question. And it's a really powerful question. Why slaves? Why is that the first thing after Matzen Torah? If you think about it. Last week's parasha was so exciting. We learned that. That there was this. Synthesis. Of heaven and earth coming together. And after we have all the inspiration, Hashem reveals himself to the Jewish people. The first mitzvah, the first statute that is given to us in Parshish Mishpatim is Kisikna Evet Ivri, when you buy a Jewish slave. And what does it tell us? You buy a Jewish slave and this slave doesn't want to leave. This slave wants to stay. You're meant to only keep them for six years. On the seventh year, they're meant to go free. But if they say, I want to stay, they take the, the slave to the courts. And they bring him close to the door. Or to the doorpost. And his master pierces his ear. And he shall be with a Maratze is a, is a all like a, piercing device and he shall be his servant forever now Rashi explains to us firstly how does someone become a slave how does a Jew become a slave like think about what's going on the Jewish people left Egypt with gold and silver and booty and everything that they essentially gathered from the shores of the Red Sea when the Egyptians drowned and all the all the great treasures that they got from the Egyptians after Makas Chayshech, when the Egyptians wanted them to get out. How does someone even become a slave? And how is this something relevant to what we've just been talking about? Now, if you look inside Rashi, Rashi gives us a lot of amazing answers. Firstly, why pierce the ears to the doorpost? Rashi explains, quoting Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, this is Harsinai that he heard at Harsinai lies Signai. Do not steal. and he went for Ganav and he stole Tiratza. His ear is pissed. and if he sells himself, so why does someone sell themselves? Because they are so poor and they are unable to pay. They stole. They cannot pay back what they stole, and they need to sell themselves into slavery. So Rashi explains. 
The ear that he heard at Sinai. That you are my slaves. But he goes and purchased for himself his own slave. Hashem is saying, you're defying this. I literally took you out of slavery to be in the ultimate freedom, in this ultimate quote-unquote slavery. Wait a minute while we dissect. What does it actually mean to be a slave? Therefore, he is pissed. Rabbi Shimon says something really interesting too. Why a doorpost? Amar Kadesh Baruch Hashem said, Dalas Mezuzah. This doorpost, it was literally a witness in heaven, in, in Mitzrayim. When I passed over the houses, when the Jews took the hyssop and they dipped it into the blood of the Karban Pesach and they painted their doorpost. When I took you out of Egypt to give you the ultimate freedom to be slaves under me, whatever that means, but we'll soon find out. To me, you are my slaves. Not to be slaves of slaves, because if the Jewish people are slaves and you become a slave to a slave, then you are a slave of a slave. He goes and buys own, his own slave. He goes and finds his own one. He gets pissed in front of them. Now, what is a slave? Because being a slave in Jewish law is so progressive if you think about what was going on in the south not too long ago the way they treated slaves in america entire law if you even put a scratch a marker on your slave you let your slaves free what was going on in the south they would always put markers on their slave in order to know who's who if someone runs away how are they going to catch them entire law if you bash your slave you have to let him free entire law if you kill your slave you are killed in Torah law, an, an Eved Kanani gets off on Shabbos. In what civilization do slaves get off one day of the week? In Roman civilization, they would throw their slaves into the Colosseum to be eaten by lions. Not only that, I need to read to you what the Gemara says. It's crazy. One who purchases an Eved Ivri is like one that buys an adain, a, sl- a master for himself. Look what the Gemara says. If the serp- you shall not have white bread while the servant eats dark bread. You shall not drink old wine whilst your servant drinks fresh wine. You shall not sleep upon cushions while your servant sleeps on straw. And therefore, the Gemara says, Hakoina Evet Ivri, one who purchases a Jewish slave, it's like literally buying yourself a master. Because the rights that Jewish slaves get, and also Kanani slaves, are unprecedented in Torah law. It's unprecedented in law in general. Now, this concept of us being a slave for Hashem, the first time this comes up is in this week's parasha. At the end of this week's parasha, it says, es Hashem and you should serve Hashem your God. Now, the Torah explains to us, what does it mean to be a slave? Being a slave of Hashem ex- essentially means that you become this extension of God, that you recognize that you are God in itself. And the way in which a Torah derives this is through looking at a halacha in the Rambam, 
which is founded on Yavamais, and it explains that an Eved Kanani of a Kayin is allowed to eat truma. So truma is a special food, the special, it's a holiness of the food that was given to the Kaihanim that only the Kaihanim can eat it. If anyone from B'nai Israel eat this truma, they get curry. Like it's really, really intense. However, if, there, if a Kayin has a slave, his slave is allowed to eat truma. Which, why? Because his slave becomes an extension of him. This means that every right that the Kayan gets is passed and extended to his slave. So to the Jewish people, because we are servants to Hashem, every single thing that Hashem has, by default, we are the ones that benefit from it. The Rebbe explains that in Brachas it tells us, and anyone who derives benefit from this world without a blessing it's as if he is guilty of misuse of a consecrated object. If someone goes and makes a bracha on something, doesn't go and make a bracha, it's as if he took an item from the base Hamikdash and he literally used it and destroyed it. Now it's very, very strange because Hashem gave us this entire world for us to literally use to, the, to its utmost. Why is it? That there was this very strange, very strange idea that if you go and eat without a bracha, it's as if you're consecrating, consecrating, you're destroying an item from the base Hamikdash. Like if I go to my friend's garden and I go and eat an apple, and then I say a bracha on the apple, all of a sudden, like it's not my apple, I'm still stealing. If it belongs to the base Hamikdash, and I make a bracha on it, what makes it, what makes it all of a sudden allowed? And the Rebbe says something so powerful. When you say a bracha, Baruch Hashem, Elekeinu Melech you recognize Hashem is your king. Hashem is your master. And you remember, you, you act within yourself, you realize that you are an Eved. You change. It's not that the fruit changes. You are the one that now becomes a part of that holiness of that fruit. It's so powerful. When you make a bracha on the apple, it's not like all of a sudden now the apple is permissible. No, your status changes. You recognize that you're a servant of Hashem. And by that, you're an extension of Hashem. And the base Hamikdash is your home. And the world is your home. And you recognize that everything belongs to Hashem. As a result, everything in this world is really for you to make the best of it. And as long as you recognize where it comes from, and you recognize who it comes from, and you recognize the power that you have in the recognition of Hashem, what happens? You, your status as a person, through recognizing that that apple, by saying, you recognize that you are the you are the servant of Hashem, you become like an Adai. You become like a master because you are an extension of the master himself. Wishing you all a very good Shabbos.